We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. All right, what is going on? How you doing? Welcome to Talking Buffalo Podcast, part of the Blue Wire Network. Episode, by the way, 444 of this podcast. Just keep chugging along, man. Hope everybody's doing well. It is casual Friday. Well, this is dropping on Friday. Anyway, um, thank you very much, as always, for, for checking in, whether you're on the audio side, whether you're checking this out on YouTube. As always, I appreciate all you. Um, like I said, casual Friday. That means I am joined, as always, by my good buddy, host of the Maintenance Day podcast, Joe Yernan. Let's, <laughs> before we even exchange any pleasantries, <laughs> l- let me start right here, okay? I asked, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give our, our listeners, our, our viewers, a, a little bit of inside information on our process a little bit here. Right, right off the jump. So... The, the NFL schedule gets released Thursday at 8 p.m. Typically, Joe and I tape casual Fridays Thursday somewhere around lunchtime. That's what just works best for us. But every now and then, you know, there's a re if there's a good reason, we will hold off taping until late at night. Now, taping late at night kind of sucks. When I say late at night, we don't even start till 10 30, 11 p.m. That means we roll for an hour to an hour and a half. So you're talking 12, 12 30. By the time I edit this process and, you know, do a little bit of the normal podcasting stuff, it's 2, 2.30 in the morning before I got this stuff published and I, I could go to bed. If it's for a great reason, it's worth it. Like I, I'm Owen Powers' first home game. I remember that. We um, mm. we tape late at night. Um, RJ's last or last home game uh, or whatever it was. I, his last, I don't remember what it was, but it was a couple of weeks ago and we did it again late at night. There was actually, mm. oh, in the NFL draft. That's what it was too. Yeah, It was the NFL draft and also RJ. So we taped late at night. Those are commitments that are worth it. I asked Joe, eh, Tuesday night, maybe Wednesday morning. Yeah, Tuesday night, I think. It was Tuesday night. I'm like, uh, so what do you what do you think about this week? Maybe we'll tape late at night because the the NFL schedule comes out at eight o'clock, and we'll want to talk about that and break that down. Joe's response, I'm only paraphrasing in the slightest here, was, "Are you fucking serious?" (laughs) <laughs> yeah, that's, that's almost that's almost a quarter exactly as well. <laughs> the NFL schedule release in the world of Joe Yurden and Patrick Moran, because this is something we are on the same page. That ain't worth having to stay up and pull an all-nighter basically for. So on that note, we are taping this around one-ish, and the schedule has not been leaked out. 
by now. I thought maybe it would be. Sometimes <laughs> it does. Sometimes it doesn't. And uh, so as of right now, we know a handful of games. Good one that we're going to talk about in a second. But anyway, how you doing? And uh, <laughs> I know you got a good joy out of Twitter on, on Thursday afternoon with that oh, schedule leak. Um, Twitter just dunking on pretty much everyone who's been following it for the last couple weeks. I, you know, I, I'm kind of mad at them. Not for misleading everybody and, you know, just putting out stuff that, you know, plausibly believable. I'm more mad at them that they, they Scooby-Dooed themselves right away. Like, they pulled the mask off immediately and were like, ha-ha, we fooled yeah, anyway. like, <laughs> No, man, keep that bit going forever. Like, as, lo- as long as it, until people are just like, no, this guy's full of shit. You that's you got to ride that till it's done. Now, I mean, I'm just so disappointed. Like that, I get it. You want to put one over on people and be like, ah, got him. Like that's that's great. It's good fun. It's great trolling. But like, man, you had such a good bet. You just cracked ten thousand, dude. Yeah. Like, keep it keep it going until people like enough people are like, nah, this is bullshit. For like, people, you gotta you gotta ride that till it's till it's completely kicked. Sure. For people who don't know what we're talking about, there was a Twitter account. I don't remember what they handled. NFL, schedule, NFL schedule, leaks schedule, leak, yeah. schedule leaks or something. And they were posting admittedly bullshit guessing games, you know, fake, fake confirmed ske- uh, scheduling for certain teams mm-hmm. and getting fans to follow. And they did get over 10,000 uh, followers. So anyway, and by the way, also for people watching or listening, it is May. It is absolutely beautiful outside, which I got to point that out. I mean, how many weeks have we taped this show where I just bitched you know, like you know, like like an old grumpy ass man about how old it's been. I, I got to point out, it is absolutely lovely. With that, my man Joe Yurden, who's been doing this now for we've been doing this casual Friday for almost a year. That means you know that window's open. Wow, only a year in the West it Side. Feels like it's been longer. I don't know. I, 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 we, we've been doing this every Friday for about a year now. Wow, a little bit more than a year actually. I, I'm gonna have to look it up, but I know it's really close. I don't know why it feels longer. Like it's been fun. Like it's not like it's been like <laughs> Jesus, another casual Friday, Pat. God, why do I do this? No, it's not like that at all. But with the the warmer weather, Joe's window pops open, and as we all know, Joe lives like pretty much next door to. A, the fire department. So yeah. we're going to get back. And, and I kind of miss that, man. I kind of miss hearing the it's, fire trucks every single week. So when you hear it on this show, you know where it's coming from. Yeah. I, I live, I live on a very, not a very, well, it's a pretty busy street. Um, Elmwood village area. I'm not going to mm-hmm. dox myself here, but man, it, like as you're talking, a you know, motorcycle goes roaring down the road. And I'm like, okay, <laughs> all right. it's like on cue. We had that scheduled. I'm waiting, waiting for like a whole convoy of uh, 18 wheelers or, or motorcycles come rolling by so i can just be like i can't hear a word you're saying pat sorry right it's like it's like doing this outdoors but i'm not outdoors in the sunshine and, and having a good time i'm in my <laughs> tucked away in my apartment with you know well i got the shades open at least but yeah it's uh gets noisy like, i didn't realize how much noise the the windows keep out until i popped open the window the other day and i was like oh man yeah it's loud like i'm cranking <laughs> up the tv i'm just kind of like oh my god I'm like okay Let's get into a little bit of schedule talking again. Before we talk about the Bills schedule, what's your take on people? I know what it is, but you could tell everybody watching and listening right now. <laughs> what's your take on this whole process? I get we get why the NFL does it. Mm-hmm. NFL is literally at 365 days a year. They want to be at the top of the, the news cycle every single mm-hmm. day. So we understand why, but some people 
just whether it's guessing, whatever they're doing, man, yeah. this, it just absolutely dominates. Like this week has been all about the schedule and trying to find out leaks and guessing games. What's your take on it? Especially when you know every single opponent that you're going to play. <laughs> that's, that's, that's my biggest issue with this. You'd already know who you're playing. Like, it's not even like it's a secret where, and you know where it's going to be, whether it's on, right. you know, um, at home or on the road. Right. So, I, I mean, like, okay, so they're playing the NFC, like the Bills are playing the NFC North teams this year. Like, okay. The only games I would care about when they're being played are what, what they're playing. Well, they're playing Green Bay. Are they playing Green Bay at home or in Lambeau? They're playing Green Bay at home. Yeah. So who cares? Like, big whoop. They're playing the Bears in the road, but A, the Bears stink. And who cares? Like, yeah. is it, are they going to play them in the beginning of September or like you know, the end of December? Who cares? They're, they're, the Bears are bad. They should handily beat the Bears. So what? But like, you're playing, you're playing Minnesota and you're playing Detroit. And like, if you're, if you're on the road, well, they're in dome. So who cares? You know, again, like it's, it's not even something where you can get like worked up about it because it's, it doesn't matter. The one, it, it, it literally doesn't matter. So like, and you know, I, listen, I, I get it. People want to start thinking ahead and they want to, you know, maybe figure out like if they're going to do a vacation built around going to see a game or like a trip, whatever, like whatever the deal is, if they got family, in that area, they'd be like, "Hey, we can go see family." Blah 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 blah. Like, fine, I get it, but man, oh man, like it's everybody just chill, please. Like, I I get it to an extent. I agree with you. I, like, I are, get like, the thing the thing that gets me though is like, are, are fans booking hotels and stuff like the second it comes out? I mean, probably there's some. There's some. I mean, that, that's like a sports writer thing, though, man. Like, you know, every like every writer that travels. Every single one, the second that cut schedule comes out, they've got the Marriott window open and they got, you know, anything else they need to do, like the flight schedule, like, you know, flight stuff, whatever. They've got it open immediately to be like, book, 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 done. Like that's yeah. like, cause they have to, like, that's, that's the job. But like, I don't know, man, like it's, it's goofy, but like, I, I don't know. I think you either have to be like, I don't give a crap or you lean way into it and just be like, this is my life. I'm doing this. <laughs> I'm I'm gonna figure out like I'm gonna get the schedule matrix myself. I'm gonna do this. I'm gonna you know I'm gonna be the NFL scheduler, you know when I when I'm done doing this job. Like that's gonna be me. I'm gonna do that. Just, you either go all in or you just say I don't care. I get it to an extent. I do understand fans want to as soon as humanly possible. Media people as well, like you said, mm -hmm. you want to start booking those trips and, and trying to plan as quick as you can. Now, if you could get information a week or two ahead of time then i could see being as obsessive but once it gets to be i mean what's the difference if you find out at noon or or, or 8 p.m is it really going to make that much of no. a of a difference mm -hmm. now i do again now to be fair i spent five years in florida and i was very eager to find out every year when the bills were coming to miami because i would we would uh i'd have a couple friends and they would come down and sure. you know that that was a big thing so that was fun but yeah on the whole yeah it's certainly not worth taping and staying up all night for no. uh, doing this later. I will no. say, as of this I was, taping, I was so annoyed when you were just like, "Let's let's let's were, do too. this late because of the schedule." I was like, <laughs> you, "Like you 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 paraphrased it correctly. Are you fucking serious?" Like, you right? Well, I'll say this. So we're not going to talk about or guess. There's no sense of guessing because by no. the time people are listening or watching this, they already know because the schedule will be right. official. So when they've already booked their hotels they, and their and their rooms, and they're probably exactly, they're just, they don't exactly. even care about our complaints. They're gonna be like, so, whatever, man. I already got it done. We're not going to guess on, on this episode. We're not going to speculate on stuff that I don't no. feel comfortable knowing for sure that it's happening. I do know a couple though. So 
as we take this again, this is late or not late, mid afternoon on uh on Thursday, and I want to save the best here for last because I know you're going to have an opinion yeah. on this. Um, yeah. it's already been confirmed by the league. The Bills are playing Week Two at home, Monday Night Football against Tennessee. We've known that now for a half of days. That's Week Two, Monday Night Football. Um, I also am confident in saying on this podcast from people that I know and trust that the Bills are. Absolutely, they're playing Christmas Eve, which is Saturday. There's only a couple games on Saturday, and they are playing. Mm-hmm. They're playing Christmas Eve against the Chicago Bears, so they're in Chicago, which is Week 16. And I was actually, I was kind of wrong there. I mean, they are playing Chicago Christmas Eve, but there's lots of games on Christmas Eve. Playing mm-hmm. a lot of games on Saturday, but they're playing Christmas Eve Saturday, Chicago. The following week, they're playing Monday Night Football at Cincinnati, which is Week 17. Um, that, that will be the last Monday night football game of the year. So that'll be the ESPN Monday night football season finale, Buffalo mm-hmm. at Cincy. That could be a huge game. Um, I don't, we don't know the opponent, but, uh, you got to assume the bills are going to be at home for week 18 because they're confirmed to play on the road week 16 and 17. And I've never mm-hmm. heard of a, a team ever that had to play three straight road games to end the season. So you got to assume that they're going to be at home. And again, by the time you're listening, you already know this. Not going to talk about the first week because I don't know as we're taping this. Heavy speculation is the Rams. But here is what I can confirm for sure is my team, the Buffalo Bills, Joe Yurden's team, the Detroit Lions, are playing on Thanksgiving. That is happening. It is confirmed. I can I feel confident enough that I could talk about it on this show ahead of time now. The Bills will be at Detroit at 12.30 p.m., Thanksgiving Day. Now, everybody who, well, if you watch us or you listen to this regularly, you know Joe is a Lions fan and he's a Bills watcher. We talk about that all the time. Mm-hmm. What are your thoughts, man? I Bills, like Lions, it. Thanksgiving. I don't like it. And it's for, it's not for the reasons like I'm used to the Bill or used to the Lions losing on Thanksgiving. Let's be real. Like they, mm-hmm. they're never good. They always, you know, and the NFL has always been really good about putting a marquee team against them to be like, yeah, whatever. Let's, let's really show off how bad or how good this team, the good team is because these guys stink. So I'm used to that. I'm more annoyed because uh, me, uh, some friends of mine and, and myself, our plan was we were going to go provided it wasn't Thanksgiving. We were going to go to Detroit for the game because they, you know, COVID all the stuff has kept people from going to, you know, kept us from doing any like road games. I mean, there's other reasons for, for stuff with some of my friends, but like, there hasn't been an opportunity like to sure. go to a close road game anyways. Like it's, you know, Detroit was like, Oh, well, you know, easy drive, easy trip, you know, get there, you know, maybe go like the day before, hang out in Detroit, have some fun and then go to the game Sunday, leave, leave after the game, get home Sunday night. Great. Perfect. Thanksgiving. No, absolutely out because it's a holiday. Like it, it, that's, that's, that's not, <laughs> myself included, our families are not that big into it to be like, let's drag everybody. We'll have Turkey in the parking lot. It'll be great. Like we're not doing that shit. Like that's just not happening. So it's, it's annoying from that perspective because that that's a slam dunk, easy road game to do, but you put it on a holiday and it's a holiday that is meant to be hung out with family. It's not even, it's, you know, it's not like it's like Arbor day and you're just kind of like, yeah, whatever, man, like fine. We'll just, you know, we'll, we'll plant a tree on the way out. It's great. But, you know, it's Thanksgiving, man. You got to be home with family. Like that's, that's the thing. Like, you know, thanks. I mean, listen for, for myself, 
personally, I've never been able to go home for Thanksgiving because why? Well, the Sabres would have a home game the night before and the night after Thanksgiving. So going home was right out. Like that was right. never happening. So, um, you know, so like this year, I don't know, may, you know, depending on like, what happens, you know, career-wise, life-wise, whatever, like I'm going to go home for Thanksgiving. There is no chance I'm going to Detroit for Thanksgiving. Like, I don't know, you know, maybe my friends get permission from their wives, their, their, their families, their girlfriend, whatever they get, their, they get permission from them to go to Detroit for a game. Cool. Good for them. But I ain't going like, <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm going to, I'm going to be with my family. Like that's, how, that's how it goes. I, uh, well, if for any and reason, I'll get to ignore the game too, like, which is great. Cause I, <laughs> I don't need to watch them. It's, it's, it's the perfect combo. People are like, well, Oh, what a bad game to start the day. It's like, don't watch, like <laughs> sit around and smell the food being cooked. It's great. There goes the, uh, my grand idea of, um, inviting you to my house for Thanksgiving. <laughs> and while you're sitting there Just on the laugh couch at watching me the game, the time. having some, yeah. some hidden cameras posted up around various spots so they can see your facial reactions. <laughs> no, you know, what, you know what those cameras would say? They would see me looking on my phone, just being like, I don't care about this. <laughs> and even if the, like, here's the thing, like, even if the lines are passably good next year, which, you know, they're, they're starting to get they're, some, yeah, listen, they're, they're getting some hard. good talk. Like, you know, they're going to be on uh hard docks this year. Dan Campbell's really likable. Sure. You know, they've got some nice offense, like whatever. Like I, I get it. I, I get why people are just kind of like, I oh, know maybe they'll be okay. Like, no man, it's Detroit. Like, whatever good things you might think happen will not happen. I guarantee that. This is the this is be the third time now in four years that the Bills are playing on Thanksgiving. Not a big fan either, personally. I I do. I'm going to be honest with you, and I'm not taking a pot shot at you and your team. I feel much better about it be playing the Detroit Lions than I do if it would have been at Baltimore because there were some rumors out there. That the Bills are going to be playing the at Baltimore. Schedule guy said Baltimore. Fake schedule guy, sure. <laughs> it was going to be Buffalo at Baltimore Thanksgiving night. I remember back last year. Now the Bills were, you know, significantly favored to beat New Orleans, but I still mm. remember last Thanksgiving. I had some football anxiety going on all day. You've no, this is your line. Sure, it wasn't like, like you sure it wasn't indigestion because that was like an eight thirty <laughs> start. I, I couldn't right. blame you if you're just like and you, and you, oh, and you spent and you spent all day thinking about it. Now you've you know you again you're a Lions fan. Forget about the fact yeah. that they're not good. You just you're used to this. This is what you know every year. You know that the team that you root for is playing at twelve thirty on Thanksgiving. Yeah. It's something that throughout the course of your adulthood you've just become accustomed to. Yeah, this is not it's something fun. like I, I actually enjoy it. Yeah, honestly, like I think that I think you're it's great. It. Like they've been doing it for seventy years now, like 60, 70 years. I think they've been playing on Thanksgiving Day, like. It's I, people want to move them off there, and I'm like, listen, if you're moving the Lions off there, you got to get the Cowboys the hell. Yeah, no, 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 because no, the I, Cowboys I, horned in on the action. Like, why aren't the Lions just having their, their own day for the game? We're America's team. Shut up. Let me Stupid let me say Cowboys. this too, Joe, and this is why another reason why I don't want to. I mean, you talk about Detroit being improved, and I think they are as well. But let's just say that they're not. Okay, <laughs> they, I'll tell you they're not. <laughs> I think how, they how about are. that? How about I take the mystery they got away? Some good young players, and I like their coach. But you know what? I keep thinking about last year. I, I won't. I won't forget this either. It, I did a show on Saturday night at Resurgence. Wasn't my show. It was on someone else's show. Jay Spencer, mm -hmm. and it was we had a panel of people on talking about the Jacksonville game. They were playing Jacksonville the next day, mm -hmm. and everyone else refused to even talk about the possibility of losing to Jacksonville because it was the fucking Jacksonville Jaguars. Mm -hmm. We all know what happened. Just, I, 
the thought of the Bills playing on Thanksgiving and losing to the Detroit Lions quite literally would ruin my Thanksgiving if it were to happen. Well, As a should. Bills fan, it and should. Again, <laughs> I I can't imagine how like bigger fanatics of, of the Buffalo Bills would feel their Thanksgiving got spoiled. I don't know. I'm just not that guy. Generally speaking, the one thing I liked about the drought is year after year, the Bills barely ever, ever played on primetime. If I had my way, and I've said this before, the Bills would be playing 17 games, 1 p.m. on Sunday. That's what I like. It's the best. That's it's, what it's I the want. the best time. And like, I don't, right, I agree. I Obviously, that's not the case anymore. You're quite used to that now at this point, or at least almost at every game, 1 p.m. on Sunday. I like that. That was the one good thing about sucking for, for the Bills that I actually enjoyed because I love Sunday 1 p.m. football, mm-hmm. especially when my team is playing. I don't like Thursday night football. If the Bills lose, I kind of – Thursday night's horrible. We win or lose, actually. I don't care as much about Sunday when the Bills have already played. Or if the Bills are playing Sunday night or Monday night, I don't care as much about the afternoon slate. Mm-hmm. I like 1 p.m. Sunday. I just feel completely locked in. And again, I'm not going to guess because we're taping this ahead of time, but we know the Bills are going to have several non-Sunday afternoon games. How do you feel about I assume you're the same way. Like if you could be in charge of the Detroit Lions schedule or any team, if you could be in charge of the mm-hmm. Bills schedule, whoever it may be that you follow, would do you like primetime games? I know I'm in the minority and I feel grumpy by saying this, but I don't. I like Sunday 1 p.m. That that's who I am. This is this is very old guy of me, but I used to really like there used to be some kind of allure to it because the the primetime games were sure it was Monday night football. That was you know, and then Sunday night football. That was it. You know, you get the mm-hmm. late game on, on ESPN on Sunday night, that you know, that was pretty cool. It felt weird just because you know it wasn't a one or a four o'clock game. You're just like, wow, there's another game. Like, okay, we gotta stay up late, you know, because um you know, I think it's some of those games like back, you know, late 80s, like they would throw you know, throw the Raiders on because Bo Jackson was, you know, was great. So they're just like, ah, throw them on Sunday night, throw them on Monday sure. night. Like, great. Like Raiders weren't that good. Like they're okay, but like, yeah, whatever. But like they had, they had the stars. Now it's like, you've got a primetime game on a Thursday night, every Thursday. You've I hate got it. Yeah. All the thir- I, th- I would ban Thursday night games imme- like instantaneously. Just get rid of them. They're horrible. Like, we know why they do it, but yeah, I agree. You know, right. It's just I don't like it. Yeah. Like you, you, your teams get a short week. Like it's stupid. I hate it. I hate every bit of the Thursday night games. But like, there's no, there's nothing special about them now. You know, like the first couple of weeks of the season, like you're getting, well, you're getting a Thursday night game. You're getting, you're getting a Sunday night game. You're getting two. Like, well, you might get two Sunday night games. You might get two Monday night games too. Like, I, like okay, like if your team's playing on the West Coast on Monday night and the, to open the season, you might be looking at a 10 o'clock start. Screw that, man. Like, that sucks. Like, there's no fun in that. Or, I mean, they switch around, you do a 5 o'clock and an 8 o'clock start. But see, it's still like 8 o'clock. The game's going to be on until 1130. It's, that's stupid. Like, you're waiting all day, you know, for the for the stupid game. And I know I'm playing right into the, the Carrie Underwood Monday night song. Waited all day for Monday or Sunday night. Like, just... Like, yeah, I waited all day because you idiots scheduled it for them. Like, I, I'd rather have it at one, one o'clock. Like, let me start my day with the game. It's over by four. I can digest every bit of post game. Like, if it's a good, if it's a good turnout, I digest every bit of post game. If it's a bad game, I turn it off for a while. I'll, di- you know, I'll digest, dive into it when I want to after the fact because that's that's how I am with you know a losing team. I'm just like, I just get away from, get out of my face. I don't even want to look at you. I'll look at it, look at it later when I want to, but. But like, there's there's not a lot of special stuff about 
prime time games. Cause like, I mean, the Thursday night thing ruins it because the, because Thursday night is like every team in the league gets a Thursday night game. It seems like, I mean, you could, you could basically set your watch by when, t- you know, Tennessee Jacksonville plays on Thursday night because it happens every freaking year. Like, like that's a Thursday night game. It's like, cool. I'll ignore it. Or like a Cincinnati Cleveland game. Like, cool. Yeah. Forget it. I'm not watching that one or, you know, a Baltimore Cleveland. I, who cares? Like you get these matchups where it just doesn't even matter anymore. And, you know, listen, I, I know like money factors into that. Like that was like kind of a throwaway game, but now you get, get Amazon involved with stuff, you know, NBC's involved, ESPN, like everybody's throwing money. So they want, you know, some kind of marquee matchup on these games. And it's like, cool, I guess, you know, but geez, I'm just, I don't know. I'm worn, I'm worn out by it. Like, it's just, it's too much. It's, it's too much. It's not special anymore. I, I, it, it's not like I can get gassed up about, you know, if, you know, say Detroit ever gets good, I'm not getting gassed up about them being on Monday night or Sunday night football. Like, anything it's more stressful it's just like get it out like i don't need all this attention please get it get it away from me i don't i don't want any of this i didn't ask for this please i could get i can understand when the bills were on the come up over the last couple of years and you're like hey look at my team i want you to watch yeah. my team watch how good we are we you outside of buffalo need to know how good we already know we are i get wanting that at that point now and i want to talk about this in a future episode as well now we're the we're the hunted, you know. We're the, mm-hmm. the the Buffalo Bills are the favorites to win the Super Bowl right now. Mm-hmm. They're the hunted, and they're not the hunters anymore. And yeah. I don't know. One of the things I worry about, and again, I kind of we got plenty of wins during the offseason to hit on this, but I want to spend some time talking about concerns over being the favorites. So that that concerns me as well. I, I'll wrap this part up by saying this though: when it comes to the Bills, if they're going to play on Thanksgiving, if they're going to play on Christmas Eve, and they are. I am glad it's Detroit and I am glad it's Chicago because again, if you're a big fan and you're taking this shit personally, uh, a bill's loss will ruin your Christmas. It, it'll ruin your, it'll ruin your Thanksgiving and the likelihood of them beating those teams is pretty good. And by the way, they have played pretty damn well in prime time, especially Thanksgiving or over the last couple of years as well. But I don't know, man. I, like I said, sometimes I feel like that grumpy old guy, you know, just pointing this and that. Yeah. I still miss the days where, all the games except for the Monday night game or Sunday at one or four. And by 7.30 PM, you had your Sunday night to watch TV, hang out with your fam, whatever it was that you're going to do. But now it's just, it's football, football, football. And I get it. I mean, it's the, one of the biggest businesses on earth. I'll tell you this, the, uh, the scary, the scary thing for Bill's home games is that they're going to get a lot more four thirty, four and four thirty games now too. Cause that was always like the new England time to play. Even at, you know, at home, like the Patriots would be playing somebody at four o'clock because that's, that's the sub prime time game. Like that's, you know, even more eyes. Cause you know, it's afternoon on the West coast or whatever. The thought of, <laughs> of, of the bills hosting a lot of home for four thirty games is frightening because everybody's going to still start tailgating the oh, same sure. time in the morning and everybody's going to be gassed up for an extra three more hours. And then, you know, a couple more hours into the game. Oh my God. Like that's like <laughs> that. If I'm the NFL, I avoid scheduling for for any four o'clock games in Buffalo because, my God, like that's it's I mean, it, it, at least with like Monday night games for that reason it's weird because you, know, you still got to go to work or you know I don't know a lot of people take will take that day off and be like whatever I'm going you know I'm gonna go tailgate all day right but man a four o'clock Sunday game is that's deadly that's that's a that's a bad scene waiting to happen if it's <laughs> if, it, if, it, if it turns out to be like an ugly game like there's some like blown call or some shit man. It won't be just dildos thrown on the field, man. It'll, be, every, it'll be everything else. It'll be throwing other fans on the field. Well, yeah, and without guessing, 
I mean, again, we're we're taping this before the schedule actually comes out. One thing I'm I'm confident in is barely half these games this year were home or road, whatever it's going to be, are going to be Sunday 1 p.m. games. I don't like that. But on the other hand, a lot of people do. Anyway, here's what I want to do. I want to take a real quick break, and I want to come back on the other side. We'll talk Sabres. Uh, we're going to do our starting five draft like we do every week. But I also want to talk about something that I feel like does not get talked about enough in Buffalo in light of recent events that happened this week. So be right back with that. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. All right, I am back. Casual Friday, Jill Yurden from Maintenance Day Podcast. Let's, so this week, and it got me thinking, and we're old, we're not old, but we're old enough to understand about Buffalo and sports and history more. And Bob Lanier passed away this week. And for people who don't know, this, in my opinion anyway, is the best athlete to ever come out of Buffalo, New York ever. And if not the best, he's certainly the most accomplished that that's for damn sure. And I, you want to talk about a guy who's Buffalo born through and through born in Buffalo, went to bed in high school, went to St. Bonaventure for college. And this man, and again, not and an era nowadays where, you know, once in a while, Bonner or uh, UB, they go on a little bit of a run and, and they're pretty good and they get a little bit of attention. This dude led St. Bonaventure to the NCAA Final Four. St. Bonaventure, back mm-hmm. in 1970, and they lost to Jacksonville in the semifinals, mm-hmm. and he didn't play that game because he got hurt in the regional final. He hurt his knee the game before. But this guy, again, a legend from Buffalo, a legend in high school, with the St. Bonaventure, was a legend in college, the first overall pick in the NBA draft, I think it was, I'm looking at my notes now, 1970 by the Detroit Pistons. He was an eight-time All-Star. He was an All-Star game MVP. His number 16 that he wore in the NBA 
is retired by both the Detroit Lions and the Milwaukee Bucks. Pistons. Out. Oh, yeah, Pistons, yeah. Detroit <laughs> and Milwaukee. The Lions should retire it too. The Lions should retire yes. it too. He's a, he's, a, he's a pro basketball Hall of Famer. Uh, he, and for his career, he averaged 20 points and 10 rebounds. So he averaged 20 and 10 for his career. This guy's from Buffalo. And I understand why, especially younger fans are like, well, I've heard of him, but I really don't know anything about him. Hopefully you do now. This guy is an icon. Again, he is the best to ever come out of Buffalo. The only other person I'll even hear an argument for is Warren Spahn. He grew up in South Buffalo in South Park High School, one of the mm -hmm. you know, great baseball pitchers of all time. But Bob Lanier, we, we toss the term around GOAT all the time. Bob Lanier was the GOAT, man. Mm -hmm. Yeah. He, I 73 years old, by the way, he passed away this week. He, uh, I, I've gotten to know a bit about Bob's history because uh, my, my dad – one of my dad's best friends uh, in high school. My dad played uh, high school basketball. He didn't play in college. Whatever, it's fine. Um, but one of his best friends was uh, Billy Calbo, who was the starting point guard for the St. Bon Bonaventure team in, in 1970. And so, like, my dad, you know, my dad was in Billy's wedding. So who else was in Billy's wedding? Bob Lanier. Uh, oh, so, really? Oh, yeah. Yeah, Bob Lanier was, was, one, of the, uh, was one of his groomsmen. Pretty, uh, I don't know that he was his best man, but he was definitely one of the groomsmen. So. Mm -hmm. Uh, there's, I've seen the wedding picture and let me tell you, there's no more 1970s picture than that wedding. <laughs> My goodness. The, the suits are incredible. Like I, I can't, I can't even describe them. They're just, it's amazing, but you get, you know, but you know, my dad's like six, two, he's like, dad's my dad's like my height, six, two. And you know, Bill, you know, Billy's point guard size. And so like the whole wedding is just like guys are like there. And then there's Bob Lanier, seven seven foot tall sticking out and he's got the big afro and it's just it's you know and my dad would tell me stories about you know he, he'd go visit billy at bonas and, and you know hang out you know party for the weekend you know whatever and uh so <laughs> there's one story my dad tells me that's like you know bob bob was away for like uh like that day and so like billy's just like yeah yeah just crash in bob's bed just you know stay there so bob bob gets back a little early and my dad's sleeping. bob comes in the room and he sees him what are you doing in my bed? Oh, geez. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Bob. And he's, just, he's like, no, man, I'm just kidding. Just stay there. It's fine. <laughs> but, like, but like, you know, getting to hear about, you know, how good that team was in 1970 and, you know, learning about his career and, you know, how great he was with the Pistons and the Bucks. And he was just like a, you know, just an incredible guy. I remember going, you know, my dad taking us to the, uh, the, the basketball hall of fame in Springfield, Mass. And walking in the front, you know, the front entrance, this is now, this is before they redid it. This is, you know, the old, uh, the hall of fame before they redid it was, was a little weird, but mm -hmm. at the front entrance, they had one of Bob Lanier's shoes right at the front, right at the front entrance. And Bob, you know, Bob famously had size 22 feet, um, which is crazy. But to see like a shoe that big, I'm like, geez, like that's a boat. My dad's like, yeah, you, you should see him in person. I was like, I can't even imagine. Like, I'd be stepping on his feet, you know, from five feet across the room. But, um, but like, you know, you know, I met Billy a couple of times, uh, and you know, I never got to meet Bob, unfortunately. But, um, but like the stories about that '70 team are just like something else because that team was really good. And Bob getting hurt, you know, before facing Jacksonville, which Jacksonville's starting center was Artis Gilmore, you know, another yeah. another great NBA player, and big man, yeah, big guy, and. The fact that you know Bob wasn't there to you know d up against him and you know probably probably outdo him nothing you know no slight against Artis Artis was a good player but like Bob Lanier would have would have would have had his day with with Artis now it would have been a great matchup but 
Sure. You know, when you got a, when you got that kind of a discrepancy, like you, you know, Bonas didn't really have a didn't have that good a shot. They played really well against Jacksonville, but it's t- it back in those days, the way the game was played, if you had a big guy that was really good like that, you could go really far. And that pr- I mean, that was proof for Bonas. Like they were able to go really far because they had, they had an ace in the hole, you know? Yeah. Sure, yeah, yeah, man. I, I, and again, he played really before our time, you know, especially college oh, and yeah. even in the NBA. I mean, I'm not going to sit here and tell you cuz I am old. You know, I, I I was alive when he was playing. I was alive when he was making All-Stars games. But I personally don't remember him playing. I was too young for that. But I will say this. Now, you live in the west side of Buffalo. You live in mm-hmm. the city. I um I was born and raised on the west side of Buffalo. I went to Lafayette High School. So I know the I've always been very partial to the Buffalo Public Schools. I felt like there's been some great athletes, especially basketball players, who, you know, never really got the respect they deserve. But I remember... Even uh, Jesus in the late '80s, early '90s, hearing about so much about Bob Linnaire, and and like I said, man, it just I didn't want to do a podcast episode and have somebody who I consider, and I think a lot of people do and should consider the the greatest to ever come out of uh of Buffalo, and at least not acknowledge what he meant to sports here, and to carry a team like St. Bonaventure to the Final Four, it just it blows my mind. And again, it's not like he was great in college, was a high draft pick, and then was a bust in the NBA. Mm-hmm. Your boy made eight All Star games. And averaged 20 and 10 for his entire career, got his number retired by two teams. So I don't know, man. I, I feel like if anybody's just, like Warren Spahn has his own street in South yeah. Buffalo, Warren Spahn Way, I'd like to see something done with Bob Lanier, man. Maybe yeah. got a statue, something symbolic downtown Buffalo or something like that. I feel like younger sports fans should be educated more on just how impactful and amazing this guy was. Yeah. Even up by um, where Bennett High School, I don't, I don't. I don't know that it still works as a school. I don't, I, again, not being from same. here, I don't know. I don't know. Same, I don't know. Um, I think it is, but yeah, but I think, I think uh, where Bennett is, was, is where FC Buffalo plays their games now. I think that's um, all high that's, stadium or that's what yeah. it was called anyway. Yeah. I think, I think it's still called all high, um, mm-hmm. but yeah, but that, but there's a lot of side streets there, even like that stretch of main street, Call it Bob Lanier way, put a that's statue somewhere right. up, like, yeah. you know, put it right in front of, you know, Bennett, like make that, do something with that because the guy deserves, he deserves. And you, you only have to like there, TNT did a quick, well, like a five minute panel discussion, you know, the, the, the night uh, where they found out Bob died and you could see Ernie Johnson was pretty broke up. He was, I mean, he was, he, you could, he, he was affected by it. Sure. And, but hearing him talk about Bob Lanier, hearing Kenny Smith talk about him, hearing Shaq talk about him. Now Shaq's story was great because Shaq talked about how like, you know, he didn't pay attention to any NBA stuff growing up as a kid right and you know he said Shaq talked about the first all-star game he went to and he's got his old man with him you know his old his old man was you know army guy ball buster and Shaq you know Shaq's walking around and Bob Lanier's there and his old man goes he goes you know who that he's like yo you gotta see that you see who that is and he's like I don't know who that is like you know slaps his arm he says that's Bob Lanier man have some respect and so like he goes and you know shakes hands with with Bob and talks to him and and you know he talks about how like later down the road when Shaq had his like shoe line going and he's, and he's, he looks at Bob's feet. He's like, man, your feet about as big as mine. He's just like, yeah, yeah, they are. <laughs> and he's, he's like, he's like, I got you. I'll hook you up with shoes. Like, it's like nice thing to do for a guy. Like, but like, <laughs> but like to be able to have like, you know, a reputation where, where everybody was like, he's just the nicest guy. Barkley, Barkley went on and on and on about how nice of a guy Bob Lanier was. And it's, I mean, that's a huge credit to to somebody like that, you know, because 
you think about the you know the big guys back in the day like bill russell commands everybody's respect you know because you know all the titles you know all the the crap that he had to go through you know everything everything that he that he did in the game all that stuff is just like he's you know he's he's the chairman of the board he walks in the room everybody stops but bob lanier was the guy that everybody was like man respect that guy respect everything that he's ever done because he did it well you know, you know like you know willis reed gets gets a lot of hype for for what he did with the knicks and he was great willis reed was really good but man bob lanier never really got that attention you know it comes from playing in detroit comes from playing in milwaukee i mean playing in milwaukee after kareem was there you know like that's, that's some I mean, big shoes to fill, but yeah, like almost Bob Lanier had big shoes, but like I mean, Kareem right. is you know Kareem's you know top three, top two all time. Like that's you know that that's a tough guy to follow up, but they retired his number still. Like that's the, you're able to do that in those years following. That's pretty damn impressive. So I you know to have that kind of reputation where everybody's just like, man, I love Bob Lanier. That's I, I don't know. Like that's that's a that's a hell of a legacy to have to go like, to go along with all the accomplishments on the court to have sure. people just be like, man, I love that guy. Yes. Yeah. I mean, that's great. That's beautiful. I'd love to see this. Like I said, I would love to see the city do something to, further. I know they've honored him in some ways. I like I'd like to see more, but I, I think he's deserving to put a wrap on that every week. Joe and I as people, if you're watching, listen, you know, our, our favorite thing is our starting five draft. We have a lot of fun with that. And we do a variety of topics. Let's put it this. And we're going to get to ours in just a couple of minutes here for this week. But I'll say this. If Joe and I were ever to do a best athlete to ever come out of Buffalo draft, we would be fighting each other yes. to get the number one pick so we could take yes. Bob in there. There wouldn't be any controversial decisions there at the top even i couldn't mm-hmm. fuck that up man bob, <laughs> bob, bob Lanier is, is the goat when it comes to buffalo no if ands um and buts about it anyway all right so I, before we get to our 75 draft i i do want to talk well sort of sabers for a minute by the way thank god at least i did minimal prep with you because i told you what <laughs> we were going to talk about the amherst were winning three nothing at the end of the first period in game one against utica in the playoffs I didn't, I stopped watching or I got off Twitter. I didn't watch it. I got off Twitter. I assume they won. I was I, in my notes. I'm like, I'm going to ask you, you know, about game one, the Saber or the Amherst winning. Joe's like, uh, they lost <laughs> six straight unanswered goals. I don't, I almost don't even want to know what happened in that game, but here's what I do know. And I'm going to butcher. I'm so terrible at hockey names. R2 Roostalane. Roostalainen. Him. Yeah. He scored two goals. <laughs> he has. Five goals in three playoff games. And you put up a tweet this week. I thought this was a really, really good tweet. And I think it's very thought-provoking. I, I want to share it with people. If you're watching or if I'm going to read it, Joe tweeted, which is more believable? And he pointed out two scenarios. He says, R2 is either one, a fantastic AHL player, but a questionable NHL-level talent, or two, he's a definite NHL-level player, who has gotten, who has not gotten a fair shake at that level. Let me ask you this. Now, I mean, you asked this as a question, you didn't put it up as an official poll like we did. So, you know, you don't have actual statistical data, but from what you gathered, it was pretty damn close, man. It was kind of split down the middle. So fans seem to have a uh, pretty divided opinion on that. What were your thoughts on that? And what are your thoughts on that? Because, Again, we spent so much time, Joe, talking about a lot of these young guys, Quinn, Paterka, mm-hmm. obviously Owen Powers up now, even guys who are, you know, firmly established like Darlene. He had a cup of coffee this year with the Sabres. 
was didn't really work out. But to your point, man, is it because he, he didn't get a fair shake or is he just really good at the HL level, but not quite there at the NHL level? And we have no many Amherst in the past mm-hmm. to be like that. What are your thoughts? I, th- I think this is a really good topic. Yeah, I, I, the only reason I asked was because I was honestly curious, you know, I, you know, I talk with, you know, I talk with Lance every week. I talk with, you know, a couple of the other guys on the beat just to see, you know, just to kind of get a feel like where, you know, what they think or what, you know, what, the, what their opinion of is of them. Sure. Um, and, you know, cause you know, you get stuck in your own little world. It's a little bit of a, you know, uh, closed circle, I guess, where you just, you know, you hear those opinions just kind of like, hmm, okay, but I wanted to know what, what people thought of them. And, you know, obviously the only people that are going to answer are people that are watching a lot of the Sabres and, or the Amherst. Sure. So I was really curious to, to know what the feeling was. And I, it, it, you're right. It was basically down the middle. A lot of people thought like, no, this, this you know him having this kind of success in Rochester is is his peak. Like this is where he'll be the absolute best. But there was an equal number of people that were just like, man, you know, I wish the Sabers had a little had had more of an opening for him in the lineup because I think he could do really well there. And I'm like, well, I mean, he he could have a role in the lineup. He's just, you know he has to carve his way into it is the thing. Uh, but the but that leads to the to the question: Has he gotten a fair shake? You know, 35 NHL games isn't. It isn't a lot like that's, no. that's a pretty small window. And uh, you know, how many of those came with, I got to look for myself. How many of those came under Ralph Kruger and how many came with, you know, with Granado? Like that's like, that's, that's a big thing. It's a, that's a big thing to wonder about. And you know what, honestly, he's gotten a fair shake there too. Cause he think, I think he got about 17 games with, with Ralph and he's gotten about 18 with, uh, with, with Granado. So, I mean, both guys got to look at him. Both guys decided like, Mm, I don't know. Either he's not ready or he's not a fit, which, you know, he's got 51 points in 57 games with the Emmerichs this year. He's, you know, he's crushing, he's crushing it. it. He's crushing, crushing it in goals in the playoffs. Like they don't, they don't get past Belleville without him. Like he's, you know, he's the guy, he was the, you know, the man on the man on the spot for everything. So um, is this his way of telling the, you know, telling the organization like, Hey, resign me. Like I can help, I can help out. You know whether it's you know I'm sure they know that they know he can help out Rochester like that's that's not that's not up for debate, but the question is, can he crack the the lineup with Buffalo, and can he play the way that they want him to and and fit in to the you know to the scheme and do things the way they want him to there, you know considering considering that you know the AHL and the NHL team are supposed to kind of play similar enough styles so that it's seamless when guys get called up. I mean, to me, that tells me there's there's a role for him at the NHL level, but like you're not putting him in your top six, which might be the problem. Like because I mean, you're not putting him in the top six in the NHL. You're just not. Right. Like, that's that's you know, unless he starts scoring at a you know at, you know at a rate that like Jeff Skinner did a couple of years back where he scored forty, unless he's scoring at that kind of rate in the NHL, he's not cracking the top six. Like that's it's just not happening that way and. You know, when you've got a guy that maybe his set of skills are better meant for offense than they are defense. No, I think he's that bad of a defender. Um, but you know, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm not watching as closely in Rochester, so I don't, I don't really, you know, pick up on a lot of that stuff, you know, personally. But, um, but you have to wonder, like, man, like a guy playing like that, you got to keep him, right? Like, you know, there was a rumor that he was going to sign in Switzerland after after the season because he didn't get, you know, he didn't really get you know, a, a healthy crack at the NHL or he didn't make it to the NHL, whatever it is. But like this dude wants to play in the NHL. 
Like I, I just can't see him bailing out on that unless you know Swiss team throws a you know bucket of money at him. I, I just can't see him. I just can't see him you know going away from that. But you know, you know, I think he's a restricted free agent after this season. Like I, per, me personally, I'm keeping him. Like sign him to a one way contract so that if he does go back to Rochester. He then becomes the richest guy in playing in Rochester, you know, like or maybe a, maybe a decent trade chip. Yeah, I mean, there's that there's there's that possibility too. Um, and you know, I I don't think the I don't think the Sabers organization is, is really in a spot to give away depth guys. I mean, unless it's unless it's a kind of deal where it's like this absolutely a hundred percent makes us better at the NHL level. I'm just not gonna hand out guys that can help you when you know. You know, if, if guys aren't playing well at the NHL level or guys get hurt, you know, guys are going to get hurt. But like if he's a guy that's like one of your first call ups or if he's, you know, if he's already up with the team as, you know, as a guy who's in and out. I don't really want to give away a guy that can that can do that kind of stuff. Now, you know, maybe it's fool's gold. Maybe he is a guy that's like a, you know, like we say with baseball players, he's a quadruple A player. You know, maybe maybe he's just, you know, a guy that's just going to be an excellent, excellent to borderline great AHL guy and just can't can't get it done. Maybe that's the case, but I think the thing is, we don't know yet. And I think that's where, like, like that's, that's a big reason why this question made a lot of sense. Cause we don't really know, you know, it, you get, you know, get 17 games with Kruger, 18 with, with Renato. Like, what do you know? You don't, I don't think you really know for sure what you got. I was going to say it, it would be an extremely unfair comparison that the huge Tate, Tate stops in as an example, but that said, no. I mean, Tate, <laughs> yeah, but my point was the stage stops was a guy that, a lot of people, including myself, were ready to cast off as mm-hmm. just another dude who's in this organization. And now yeah. we see what happens. And again, I'm not suggesting that he's going to become Tage whatsoever, but, but I mean, that, pace, that con- patience, more, more patience could be the answer. Yeah. I mean, like that comparison is going to happen no matter what from now on. Like that. Absolutely. <laughs> like that's, that's going to be, it's like what happened with the Bills with Allen. Like, you know, every, you know, people are going to be like, wow, you know, you don't outlier give up. guys, outlier right. guys, like, that guy that, happen often. Right. Right. Like, you know, a guy who the first couple of years, you're just like, oh, geez, like when's this guy going to get it together? You know, in Tage's case was like, is he going to score any goals? Alan's case is like, can he stop throwing the interceptions? Like, can he get more consistent? Yes, they both did. Now, obviously we'll see what happens with Tage next season. Cause I mean, if it's a one-year flash in the pan thing, well, like that's the disappointment, but like, I don't think it's going to be, I think he's I mean, maybe he won't score at the same volume but like i don't see any reason why he can't like that i mean his games his game has changed that much so um but like it's an unfair thing to compare that to guys that are just kind of like doing this at that you know at that level where you're like man maybe he's a guy and it's like oh maybe he's like tage you know put him in the right spot he'll he'll blow up and it's like i I don't know i I don't know that's i mean R2 isn't a guy that Granado's known since he was, you know, si- you know, 16, 17 years old. Like Granado knew Tage back in when he was in the US program. So he, you know, he had a better idea of how to use a guy like that from back then. So, you know, that that's different. And you know what? R2 couldn't be more opposite of what Tage is. R2's like five foot seven. You know, he's a fire hydrant. You can't knock him off his feet. Um, you know, he's a he's a tough, scrappy guy down, down low, and he he's got a heck, he's got a nice shot. You know, it's not a, it, no one has an Olsen shot, but like he can rip it. You know, if you set him up for a one T he's going to, he's going to rip it. But, um, but yeah, it's just, I, I wonder if it's just the thing where he's a guy who, who needs to be in a top six to be able to have that kind of success. And if you've got him in a limited role, you're not going to get the best out of him. I wonder if that's what the case is for him, which I mean, Hey, 
if you trade him to Arizona and he's playing second line minutes for the Coyotes, which he probably would, <laughs> you know, maybe he lights it up and people are just like, oh, why don't we keep that guy? It's like, well, where are you putting him in the lineup? You know, right. is he take is he taking Olson's spot? No. Is I, he taking I, is he gonna is he gonna get a spot over Quinn? No. Like it it's you know, it's it's questions like that that you have to answer. And I don't know, maybe I've just talked myself into thinking like maybe they should deal him, but <laughs> but like I mean but like that's I'm certainly thinking that as you're talking, I'm like, but like, uh, but like that's what I mean though. Like if 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 he's if if you're only gonna get the best out of him by putting him with the best offensive players on your team. Maybe that's, you know, maybe that's a hindrance. I mean, that's certainly something that other teams would look at and be like, I don't think so, man. Like that, like we need to, we need to have that guy in our third, fourth line. There's the fire hydrant. Or or that was, that was an ambulance truck. Yeah. (laughs) I can tell the difference between the sirens now, which is great. It it took all that took almost. But yeah, like, I I don't know. Like it's, I don't know. It's tough because I like R2. I think he's, I think he's, I think he's a very good player. Um, and I think he's a guy who can help, but, but like I said, if, if he needs to be, you know, in a better offensive setup, then like, that's not really going to do it. Now the Sabres become a team that pushes with all four lines. They push offense with all four, which, you know, if you're, you know, your, your energy line can keep teams hemmed in, they can score goals too. But, um, but to me, I, I don't know. I look at it. He's a guy who can contend for a spot in the lineup. I, I don't, I don't see it a good reason to move a guy like that unless you know there's stuff that we just don't know i mean adams sure. adams and granado and seth appert would know best uh i think this it, it's it's become a fascinating little potential storyline for next season and, and the fun part is for me the funny part i should say is between uh before you went on this little goal scoring rampage in the playoffs so far in your tweet honestly between all these young guys that are up in buffalo for the last couple of months and then, of course, Quinn and Paterka down there or, or up in mm-hmm. Rochester. I forgot about him. <laughs> it's like, I That's did. Fair. I forgot about him. You reminded <laughs> me. And one, one other quick note about the Sabres, too. Um, we'll, we'll talk about it next week more. They did. Uh, so the, the draft lottery was on Tuesday, as expected. Um, they did not win. Or, but neither did Vegas. So they, they're picking ninth and they're picking 16th, mm-hmm. which I think we all expected. I just want to throw that out there. I'm going to start doing some homework. I'm, I'm going to try to learn about, say, the top 20 prospects. Actually, not top 20. The first, well, actually, no, because the Sabres could bump package and move up if they wanted mm-hmm. to. I'd say after the first three guys, like maybe four through 20, I'm going to start learning more about so that we could have some discussions uh, leading up to the draft. But I'm, I'm happy with the way things played out. Uh, with the, I mean, of course, I would have liked yeah. them the one. <laughs> Pretty cool that Shane Wright's going to go to Montreal. I'll admit that. I mean, that's going to be good for the team. I think it's going to be good for the league and good for him uh, down yeah, the road. It's tough for, yeah. tough for the Sabres to see another number one pick wind up in the Eastern Conference and, and yeah, also in your division. That's that's kind of yeah, but it's but 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 it's fun. What's not fun? And God, what a perfect segue! I guess that was. <laughs> even I don't like it. Um, last week's starting five draft. This was uh, this was Oof. not good. We did best movies or best MCU movies, I should say. Joe won with seventy four percent of the vote. And I only collected 26. So Joe, who had the first pick, by the way, and did very well with it. He took Thor Ragnarok, uh, Infinity Mm -hmm. War, Captain America, the Winter Soldier, Black Panther, and Iron Man. I took Endgame, uh, Spider-Man No Way Home, Avengers Age of Ultron, Guardians of the Galaxy, and the original Thor. Let me me say this, man. I am... uh, I'm embarrassed 
<laughs> I am. Some losses hurt more than others, or some mm. losses are more embarrassing than others. This is very embarrassing for a couple reasons. I spent so much time over to, since April 12th, because that's what I started. I binge watched all 27 MCU movies to get before Dr. Strange came out last week, which by the way, I have seen that now. And I thought, I thought I was really locked in and I thought I had a pretty good pulse of, of what fans think as well. Although ultimately it's my opinion, right? And that's what we do here. But taking age of Ultron was uh, just inexcusable. And I got buried. I did not know how much people did not like that movie. Mm. I should have taken Avengers um, Civil War or Captain America Civil War. I should have taken that. I think that would have played well. I did like the original Thor, but I did too. I don't top five or, you know, a top 10 worthy pick. Probably not. I mean, from top to bottom, you didn't have any holes in your game whatsoever. I still stand by. I think Endgame was better than Infinity. I think that's kind of divided. People have a a mixed opinion, and I can understand both of them. But I should have taken, in hindsight, I should have taken Civil War, and I should have taken, and if you remember, I tried to steal an extra pick because it was my birthday, and you still wouldn't allow it, which people told me I should have had extra picks for my birthday, by the way. But um, I the original Captain America mm-hmm. when, when Steve, with Steve Rogers. Yeah. I enjoyed that movie a lot. I should have mm-hmm. taken it. I think my lack of respect for Iron Man hurts me too. Uh, Robert Downey, well, you, I, 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 I think maybe, I, yeah. Well, at least again, because you got him with the last pick. I could have mm. taken Iron Man in the second or third round. I think that would have yeah. played better. Well, but let's put it this way, Joe. I would say this: if we were sports franchises right now, mm. they would the columnists would be putting me on the hot seat. Yeah, I, I think they people inside put you on the hot seat a long time ago. People inside <laughs> Team Pat Moran, they they would be questioning some of the decision-making that's going on and maybe it would be time for a change somewhere in my front office. Because again, for as much prep time as I put into that category, which was a handpicked category by me, Mm -hmm. it was just fucking an absolutely despicable, brutal, embarrassing uh, display of drafting. And rightfully so. I got no complaints. A lot of times I'm like, yo, Joe might've won this, but I don't think it should have been a blowout like that. This got the the result that it deserved. I'm going to admit that. I uh, you, you mentioned the GM thing. I like you. You you you're very good at pulling some like '80s '90s New York Jets stuff sometimes. With, with the picks. <laughs> this was like the, the, like if 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 we had a live audience doing like watching us do this, which is terrifying. <laughs> That's a terrifying thought. But like you would, people would be booing. They would have been boo- <laughs> like you picked Ultron. You would have heard groans and people booing for I'm- that one. Like that, you know. I I, I I even told you after you picked it. I was like, are you sure? Like, are you sure you, you want Ultron? Say that like, okay. Like, all right, man. Like, because I knew it was coming. I, I knew what was coming. I and I was it. like, you handed me this, but I'm not gonna Some, I wasn't gonna tell you that straight out. Because I mean, listen, I've gotten bit by that before where I was like, ah, I freaking owned them this time and I get trashed. Sometimes I'll admit this. Sometimes I'll make a pick and I expect the audience to, to not like it, but yet I'll do it anyway. Hmm. Because I'm like, like I'm gonna stand by the I'm going to stand by this. I'm like, uh, I knew I was going to get buried when I drafted Jimmy Snook on our wrestling rankings, but I just remember growing up absolutely loving the dude, man. You know? Mm-hmm. So I said, I'm going to stand by that. Like I had the no Cosby idea. Show. I had no, <laughs> but I knew I was going, yeah. But, and I knew I was going to get backlash. I did not know that people were going to hate on age of Ultron 
like they did. That really threw me off. It caught me by surprise. I'm not going to try to deny that. I, I'll blame that on you being kind of brand new to the, to like, I mean, you threw yourself, you immersed yourself completely. Like you've done something like I, I, there's, there's probably still a handful of those movies I haven't even watched yet where I'm just kind of like, right, I'll get to it. But like you went all in. So maybe it's just a case of where like you didn't, like you haven't cleared the forest yet. You have, you, <laughs> you know, you haven't, you haven't found your way out. You haven't like dipped into like the, the culture to know what people are big fans of, what people don't like. But like you picked Ultron and I was like, I mean, I roasted you when you did your first like, you know, top 10 ranking. And I saw Ultron. I was like, Ultron four. Like, yeah, I think you had it as high as fourth. And I was like, what? Yeah. Like, what are you it's doing, man? My, it's still in my top five. I might have to change that though. Not even so much because other people are saying it, but because now I've realized that I've had time to reflect on a mm -hmm. lot of these movies and really, sometimes it takes some time to uh, digest them and really soak yeah. them in and, and understand a lot about the MCU stuff. And I realized now how just thrown together and chaotic that movie really was. And plus the one complaint I did have from the get-go is I hated James Peter's voice. That bothered me. I felt like I was listening to Robert California from the office for two hours. <laughs> Didn't like it. But anyway, long story short, that was an ass whooping that was deserved. And uh, you've now won two thirds of these polls. So, wow. I mean, you're, you're at 66 percent. Wow. You've done. Um, all right. So this week is going to be, I, I think this should be fun. We'll see how it plays <laughs> It'll out. Be fun. Just, you know, we'll see how well, it it's going to be fun to do. I, I mean, obviously, <laughs> we haven't drafted yet and we're doing this live. So it's not like I know who Joe's picking or vice versa. Mm -hmm. We're going to do the best rock band frontmen. And again, rock music, I mean, it's self-explanatory. We're talking about rock mm -hmm. bands, any era, um, and the best front man for, you know, whether it's them being famous or just really talented, whatever it may be, whatever your interpretation wants to be. You went first last week and you nailed it with Thor Ragnarok, which really caught me. I think it kind of threw me off a little bit, by the way, last week, because I was completely expecting Endgame or Infinity War, one of them. Anyway, That's fair. you went, you went first fair. last week. I'm going to go first this week. And look, I don't know. This is the thing. I'm, I'm a rock guy to an extent. Right. I don't know if there's a right answer or not. I think some people might agree with me. I think some people might not even have this guy in the top five. I don't know. But I got first pick. And I think the best rock man or rock band front man ever for me is Freddie Mercury from, from Queen. Um, again, I don't know how that's going to play over. Dude was just so good, man. So flamboyant. And I'll never forget. And again, I'm not going to be able to describe rock music probably as much in detail as you could. But I do remember Live Aid, and I remember that crowd and him just absolutely having that crowd in the palm of his hand. I think, for me personally, at least anyway, I don't think anyone's ever done it better uh, than Freddie Mercury. It kind of sucks that, I mean, what was he? He was only 45 years old when he died in 1991. Queen was formed in 1970, and I know they went through their breakup for a while and stuff. But anyway... Yeah, man, not, not a lot of explanation I can really provide there. I'm just gonna I'm gonna pick Freddie Mercury. You're up. You're gonna have two. Yeah, no, I will never disagree with Freddie Mercury. Like that's Freddie's. Freddie was incredible, and it's it's very sad how you know how he died and everything because he's just. I mean, God, what I mean, commanding Wembley Stadium the way he did. Holy jeez, yeah, like that's. I mean, that's that's something else. Um, you know, I, I this is a category where you know picking first or picking you know second third I think was okay either way because you're there's there's so many dudes. Mm -hmm. um, but my next pick is Robert Plant from Led Zeppelin. Okay, um, I am I? Yeah, he's. Uh, I mean, 
all you have to do is watch uh the song remains the same their their weird rock movie where it's half live footage from them playing msg and half like weird dream dream like side movie bits that they did and just have a like uh, like just think of how he commands the scene and like every you know every song he just he just nails it but also like i don't know what was what they were thinking having the cameraman be in the pit underneath him but like you're getting a real zoomed in shot of his hog in tight pants which is just uh, it's terrifying <laughs> it's a terrifying terrifying sight to see watch because you're just watching you're just kind of like oh man okay all right okay all right okay man like cool like that's that's nice thanks uh i, I don't need that anymore but um but uh i'm gonna go there's so many dudes there's so many there's so many men and women it's not just well are we sticking to front men or are we doing I said too. front man. I, I mean, I guess front, technically, front okay, technically you can pick a woman. I'm I mean, I, I'm just thinking, like you know, maybe down the road or something. But um, I'll pick Ann Wilson. I'll take all ten her from heart. But anyway, that's, that's fair. <laughs> um, uh, see, there, there's picks that make sense, like for like in general. But there's just like there's picks that I just don't want to make, and like there's well, there's one I don't there's 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 one obvious one that I don't want to make, so I'm gonna I'm gonna skip him. But um, I'm gonna go with Roger Daltrey. Like, okay, uh, like this is very this is these are very boomer picks. I get it, but like I saw I got to see the Who uh, a couple of years back at at um, Key Bank Center, and like even though he's like 70, 60, 70 something years old, just like just an amazing singer, amazing performer, and just like you know, go back and listen to Quadrophenia and, and just imagine what it's like to see that live, you know, ideally with, you know, Keith Moon playing drums, but, um, but Daltrey, like, man, just what a, like, just an absolute, like first rock star, really like guy who just like showed up and was like, yep, this is what we're doing. And I'm going to own it. I think I know the guy that you said, you're not going to take, <laughs> I hope you take them. (laughs) I'm going to. And again, I'm going to keep hammering this point home. I am not, nor can I provide the context with some of these that you can, Mm -hmm. but they're the fucking Rolling Stones. I can't not. That's not who I was thinking of. No. Well, I can't not take Mick Jagger. I I had to take Mick Jagger. I mean, he's again, along with different ways, but Freddie Mercury, just such a flamboyant front man. I mean, who, who doesn't, you could be 12 years old and you probably know who Mick Jagger is and who the Rolling mm-hmm. Stones are. I mean, just an iconic rock band. I really can't provide much more than that. So I'm going to take Mick Jagger. The other one I can because, and I don't know, this might rank high on some people's list. He might not even be in the top 20 of others. But my personal favorite rock band growing up was Journey. So I got to go with Steve Perry. I love Steve Perry. Um, Journey, obviously, Journey's best music by far was when Steve Perry was there with that Frontier album, the Escape album. I remember those albums so well. Journey was one of the first, if it wasn't the first, it was the second concert I've ever been to in my life. Mm-hmm. Just a big Journey fan. I love Steve Perry's voice. I mean, I say this all the time. You remember that song? Uh, it's not a rock song, but We Are the World, USA for Africa, when like every singer yeah. on earth got together. Steve Perry had one line in that song, and it was he crushed it. It was the best line he just sung it better than anyone else. And I, I've said that probably on your dimes. But anyway, yeah. so I'm going to go Mick Jagger and I'm going to go Steve Perry. I got a feeling this is playing out that the guys that you really want, you're getting your pick of all of them. And the guys that yeah. I wanted, I'm getting my pick of all of them as well. So we'll see how it yeah. plays out. But you got this two is, coming up. 
Yeah, this is one where I, I think you can, I mean, I'm hoping, I'm hoping you can get away with being a little bit weird, you know, not just like, you know, there's a thousand different like top 10, 25,000 lists of, of things like this where you can just, sure. like, oh, I'll just, call, you know, carve off of this. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think this is one where you can, where your own taste can kind of maybe nudge your way in, at least I'm hoping, uh, because my next pick is Bruce Dickinson. Okay. From from Iron Maiden, um, yeah, you, you people may not. I mean, if you haven't, I mean, listen, Iron Maiden rules. Okay, let's let's not let's sure. not get, yeah 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 for sure. Let's not get that crossed up. But um, probably more people remember the character of Bruce Dickinson played by Christopher Walken in the More Cowbell skit. So, uh, <laughs> so like that, you know, there is some mild pop culture nonsense there with bruce dickinson but the dude holy crap man what a voice he can still bring it now like they still tour he flies the friggin' airplane man like he's he's a friggin' maniac and he's he's so good he's so great and yeah, like that that to me is a guy that like stood out where i was like yeah that's a guy i i gotta pick him uh similarly uh you know what hmm I want. I almost. I don't. I don't want to get caught in a metal rut here because it'd be very easy to do that. Um, no, I'll, no, I'll go. I'll st- I'll stay in the. I'll stay in the metal hole. Ozzy Osbourne. Okay. Yeah. Like leading Black Sabbath. Like, I was you know. taking him next if you didn't. By the way. Okay. All right. Well, <laughs> not that, that well, I feel, I that feel that a little better about. about I was gonna say, or not? Maybe you should not feel good about that. That I was going to take him next. The way I've been um, thinking lately. Yeah. Well, I mean, listen. If anybody's got an argument about freaking Ozzy, take a hike, man. Like that's that's crazy. That would that'd be nuts. Ozzy, like even like Ozzy now, where he's he's definitely he doesn't have the fastball. He hasn't had the fastball in a while, but like still owns the stage. Can still get everybody fired up. Like the whole place goes nuts when you know start playing Crazy Train. Everybody loses their mind, either good or bad reasons now because it gets it gets played every freaking sports game. But. um Sporting event, sports game. What's wrong with me? I'm. <laughs> I, I gotta stop. Like, at least you can pronounce I, hockey names. You know, I got that going for me, which is nice. But yeah, no, Ozzy, man, Ozzy rules, dude. I'm I'm in a tough predicament here, man. Bruce Dickinson, I'm gonna admit, was not one that was on my radar, but it makes a lot mm-hmm. of sense. Ozzy was gonna be my next one. I have two picks left, and I have three people that I really want to take. Um, I'm trying to. Okay. figure out i'm trying to prioritize how i think i sh- i should mm-hmm. um my first one kind of like with journey I, I i feel like i'm gonna go back to my personal upbringing and i've said this before i think they're one of the greatest american rock bands of all time i really enjoyed them mm-hmm. that was van halen and led by david lee roth at that time not sammy hagar Halen, van halen but <laughs> by the way we did a van halen song draft before which yep. you crushed me on because I fucked up and took a couple Sammy Hagar songs. It got yep. absolutely buried. Learned a lesson, didn't you? I did. David Lee Roth was awesome with Van yep. Halen, man. Mm-hmm. I mean, again, again, it didn't last forever. I think he was there. I'm looking it up. He was there from 74 to 85. So roughly a decade or so. I really liked, I love Van Halen and, and I like David Lee Roth. So that's the first one I'm going to take. Oh, man, this is tough. Because I, I feel like this one's an awesome front man. The other one's just an amazing lead singer of a band. And I kind of feel like, is there, I mean, 
there's a difference in a way, but in a way they're one in the same. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, <laughs> fuck. I usually don't get like this, man. I'm usually pretty decisive. <laughs> <sighs> you know, I'm I'm gonna pay homage to to his career and the band's career, which has been around literally since before either of us were born. Um, Steve Tyler from okay. Meryl Smith. I mean. They've had some iconic hits and they've been around forever and they've been making hits forever. That just, again, I'm not the biggest Steven Tyler fan on earth. I'm not going to try to pretend it. Like I'm this crazy Aerosmith fan. This is kind of one of those almost like respect picks, just their body of work around forever. Mm-hmm. I will say though, I do remember this in the mid eighties with run DMC when they redid walk this way. Cause I was a huge hip hop fan mm-hmm. as a kid. That was a game changer. I just, again, he's just, he, he's a leading front man and, and a very good one. So I'll live with that. So I'm going to go Steven Tyler, my last pick. You got the last one of the draft coming up now. There's a lot of, there's so many ways. Uh, there, we're, There's going to be so many names on the board. We're going to get yelled at about all of them. Like, let's probably, let's, let's be real. We're going to get screamed at by plenty of people about why didn't you take so-and-so? Well, we took these other people. That's why. Um I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with my heart here because I screwed up. Uh, I screwed up in our Chris draft. Uh, I'm going with Chris Cornell. Okay. Good. Um, uh, I, dude, if you ever got to see Soundgarden live or see him solo, you know exactly. You know exactly yeah, why I picked pick. him. He's like just. I mean, the voice, the presence on stage. Like he didn't have to be like a you know pump your fists, you know go crazy, you know get everybody fired up guy. Like, he didn't have to do that wasn't necessary wasn't necessary at all it just he just was so talented such a great singer and he made you want the show to last five hours like that's like you know i i got to see him solo once at a at a kind of a smaller place uh, around albany and he played for two and a half hours and i was like it's over already like what do you mean it's like oh man like come on you can you can play more right <laughs> but yeah he's oh geez what a voice just what a voice i i, I didn't you know some people like audio slaves still. I mean, the first album was good, but, um, but the sound guard stuff, man, geez, like so good. And, you know, you know, it got me thinking about it was like a, that draft, uh, but also like a James Bond conversation came up. Yeah, here's another idea for, for a draft, James Bond songs, James Bond title songs. Hmm. Like, I don't know if you, I don't know if you're a Bond guy at all, but like, I, I think, I think that would, I think that would be a really interesting one. Let's like, do to, it. To go I, through. I, I could get into that, man. Uh, because his, his song is, freaking amazing it's it's so good and it's it's the first it's from casino royale so it's like it's you know the first daniel craig one and like this song hits you in the mouth like to start the movie like you know the songs are always kind of like you know they're never really that wild or crazy or anything like that this one was a straight up like rock song smacked in the face like it was it's such a great tune I feel like you're kind of giving away a future pick. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, no, I well, well, listen. Draft, I but... <laughs> listen. If we if we do it next week, you know what my number one pick is. <laughs> Let's. Uh, all right. So before we recap, I I got a couple names that I have written down, as, and we're going to call these honorable mentions. Um, mm. I said I was going kind of back and forth because I might not sure how greater he's known as a front man per se, but Eddie Vedder from Pearl Jam was somebody that I was yeah. strongly considering. Um, of course, you can't talk any better without saying Kurt Cobain as well. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, that's someone else that I'm sure people might have a take on. A lot of people, not a lot of people, some people would say Bono from U2, but I would be a fraud because I'm just not a U2 guy. Yeah. In fact, I 
I took you two in a rock band or some kind of rock. And I got, again, one of the things you kicked my ass in. I don't remember what it was, but I remember you two and I got a lot of fucking shit for it. I, 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 I took them in. I took them in one as well and got crap from people. Yeah. Just like, hey, stink. Like, but by the way, I, I, I still want it. But he's like, a great front man. Um, Jim Orson from the Doors. Yeah, that was the one I was never going to pick. No, no um, I'm, not Axel, a, I'm not a Doors guy. No, nah, me neither. Me neither. Me, well, no, no. Axel Rose, of course, you want to go Guns N' Roses mm-hmm. in the 80s. Um, And then one, and I'm going to tell you right now, this would have been a good pick except for Buffalo. I just didn't I have am. the balls to do it. John Bon Jovi, man. Yeah. Say what you will about Bon Jovi, man. They have been a machine for a long, long time. They were mm-hmm. selling out arenas, and he was one hell of a front, man. You got to give him his props for that. Whether you love him or hate him. And again, if you're from Buffalo, you're pretty much almost everybody hates him. And I didn't have the balls yeah. to do it. But uh, yeah. So yeah, those, those are good. Like the other ones that I had in mind were uh, Bon Scott from ACDC. Like mm-hmm. those those early ACDC albums freaking rule. Like I, I know everybody's like, it's the same song all the time. Okay. Kind of. Yeah. Like you're, you're, not, you're not wrong, but, but he was awesome. Like just like they were a light your head on fire band, you know, back then. Um, what I would have been tempted to do is Jimi Hendrix. Like this, you know, because he's he's known as like being a solo guy, but well, the band was the Jimi Hendrix Experience. They True. were really good, but like I didn't want to have that, or I didn't want to have like that argument and just be like that. Because yeah, then some you, people because then you said, would be because <laughs> you would have been like, well, I'm taking Prince in the new generation. Like, yeah, ah, some fair, people, some fair. people would have said that wouldn't have been fair. Mm, yeah, but like, that, like I think you know, I had you know Taylor Hawkins on the mind, so uh, Dave Grohl probably would have been a good pick. Dave Grohl would have uh, been a good one. Yeah, Axl Rose, another good one, um, and like. I, I was I mentioned women because I was like, well, Debbie Harry with Blondie was like an icon. Like she's incredible. Shirley Manson with garbage. Um, and even Stevie Nicks with Fleetwood Mac, even though Fleetwood Mac's weird because they, you know, four different people sing songs. Like I don't I don't know who exactly is the person who's like the lead singer. I mean, she's probably it, but right. Um, but like that that was another point I didn't want to get into arguing, like to just be like, is she actually the front person? Like, I don't know. Like whatever we'll have that argument some other day but um but like those were those were those are oh chrissy hind too from the pretenders like that's she's mm-hmm. like what a voice holy smokes there's definitely enough females that we could could definitely have done a, a female category oh yeah as well i mentioned nancy wilson um you know one pick i'm glad neither of us made because i forgot to to mention to see before him because i would have had beef with it is because i know i've read you know, I, I look at other rankings and articles like counting down the best rock front people of all time. And mm. I saw John Lennon. I'm like, really? Mm. Paul McCarthy sang at the time. Yeah. How can you be called a, a front man yeah. with Paul McCarthy singing as, as much as you are? And again, yeah. with Paul McCartney in the wings, that kind of goes back to your Jimi Hendrix thing. Is yeah. pretty much just my Tom Penny and the Heartbreakers. Yeah. That Tom Penny and the Heartbreakers, exactly. So anyway, let me recap these and we'll get out of here. I drafted Freddie Mercury, Mick Jagger, Steve Perry, Steven Tyler, David Lee Roth. Joe took Robert Plant, Roger Daltrey, Bruce Dickinson, the Osman, Ozzy Osbourne, and Chris Cornell. I do, unlike last week, which I thought was going to be closer than it was, and I was dead wrong, obviously. I think this could be a good, I think this is going to be interesting. I don't know how it's going to play yeah. out. I'm not going to say that, but I do think this is going to be interesting. I think I have more of a, I took straight down the middle mainstream guys with the lean mm-hmm. towards the 80s because it was Steve Perry and yeah. David Lee Roth. Whereas I think you you have your first two picks are classics, you know, with Daltrey yep. and Robert Plant. And then uh, you go Hard Rock with Iron Maiden and the Oz. And then Chris Cornell, which I think for a fifth round pick is good. I think he's going to play well, too. Might be the difference. I think this is going to be close, though. I, I, I'm predicting a win for you this time. Um, 
I think the Mick Jagger pick really that that's one I should have made probably. That's one where people go like, "Why did you pass on that?" And I'm like, "Well, listen, like Hammond and Hawn over like number one picks there, but good um, because I need it, man. I need it. I need, I <laughs> maybe need this a, will I be need, my late birthday gift for you. I, if you I need, I need a little injection <laughs> of confidence there. Everybody, give Joe a follow on Twitter at Joe Yurt, and make sure you check out the Main Estate Podcast drops on Mondays. Him, Lance Lazowski from the Buffalo News. Get ready for draft mode, man. I'm sure that's coming pretty soon. You start talking about some of these prospects. Mm-hmm. Sabres pick ninth. They pick 16th. Fun stuff. Thanks as always, man. And we didn't take late at night. Fuck the NFL yeah. schedule. Yeah. <laughs> see, you, see you later, guys. Take care. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.